Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Dunham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode. If you're new here, I'm Helen Denham. I'm a mindset mentor for women. I really help women heal at a subconscious level first and foremost so that they can initiate radical change from a place of peace and ultimately create a life that feels like heaven on earth. Okay, hello, everybody. Welcome to a solo episode today. These are some of my favorites to record because I get to connect with you guys as community. We had some great questions come in for today. So I think we'll just dive in and uh, you know me, we love a little tangent. So (laughs) this can probably go in uh, many different directions. First though, I was pulling an Oracle card for myself this morning. Um, you know, just to get some clarity, I almost never do it for myself because I'm always pulling for classes or with you guys. And I consider it part of my own reading as well. But this morning I pulled a card and I was like, you know what, this is completely resonant with what I feel like so many of you all are experiencing as well, um, along your growth journey. So I wanted to share what came through from the Kuan Yin deck this morning. Um, the card that we got is daughters of the red tent and I'll read what it says for you. You are at the threshold of a new life. You've outgrown the world you once knew and even the person you once believed yourself to be. This is a sign of good life to come. Yet at the threshold, there can be danger for that which is new is vulnerable until it gains full strength. You are held in sacred protection throughout this time of transition. Soon you'll emerge in full maturity and strength, integrated and ready to bring yourself to the world in a new form. It's been decreed by nature itself. And so it is. Yeah. And more guidance is just opening up to life and new life takes courage. You have to be willing to enter into unknown territory. And sometimes you might feel insecure as you find your way to live a new life means leaving behind the life you have known. You might feel inspired, but also challenged whether you are loving the transition or struggling to get through it, know that you are held in protection. Amazing. Okay. So I hope that that resonated with you all, because as soon as I read that, I thought of many of my clients going through life transitions right now. And yeah, it's a beautiful reminder to really lean into the discomfort and know that as we enter these new thresholds, it's like shedding skin, like a snake does, you know, as we enter these new realms of existence and it's okay to be uncomfortable. And the sooner that we can lean into that discomfort and just understand that it's there to, pressure us into growing in a really amazing way, uh, the sooner that we can feel in more of a place of peace and surrender and just trusting the universe as things come along. This is something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, What does it mean to experience pain and suffering as a human being in this lifetime? And how do we marry the knowing that life is working for us while also knowing that pain is a part of our experience? So if you were in our uh, full moon circle recently, you were part of this conversation, but a big theme that we were touching on is what are you making a circumstance mean? What meaning are you assigning to the events that are unfolding in your life? And that's really when it comes down to perspective. Something that Carl Jung mentions in his writings is that thoughts are like objects. We can choose to take ownership of the object or we can choose to pass it like passing things in a store. You know, we can pick and choose what we want to resonate with, what we want to identify with. 
um, and then carry that forward. So something that I picked up from uh, Marley, my own coach, uh, when she doesn't like something, she'll say, cancel, clear, delete. (laughs) So if I come across, you know, something in a podcast or on television that I don't like, or I don't resonate with, or I see somebody, you know, complaining in a way that feels like it's in scarcity or something, I'll just look at that and I'll say cancel, clear, delete so that it doesn't come through my psyche and travel with me. So I like that little trick for you. Um, You know, it also makes me think about the cyclical nature of everything. You know, we talk a lot about how beliefs create thoughts, which create action, which create reality. And our emotions are all tied to that. Um, And emotions especially follow thoughts, but it's not so linear. It's not really step-by-step. It's like a circle. When I really think about it, it's like, okay, so thoughts lead to an emotion, which lead to building up a belief, which then leads to more thoughts. So at some point, we get to get in there and basically break the chain, which is where subconscious healing comes in and reprogramming. We get to stop that loop at a certain point and put in and plug in like a new belief system that keeps the circle going in a new way um, and, and pops us out of a negative cycle, if you will, or just you know, promotes a better feeling cycle. So it's been helpful to look at healing and life in, in certainly a a cyclical way instead of a linear way, um, knowing that it keeps coming around and around and we get to pop in there and implant new beliefs and break chains when necessary. Okay. So I want to get into some of the questions that came in. I love this one from Harmony. What's your rising routine? (laughs) Any rising rituals? Because I always ask my guests this. So um, I'll tell you what, my rising rituals have been very intuitive. And I find that, you know, rising routines really need to be built out for a good feeling in the morning. Um, I find that oftentimes we can put so much pressure on ourselves to perform at like the perfect you know, pace and we need to like measure up to all these things. We need to be up at like 5 a.m. and drink our green juice and all of these things. But what I want to encourage us to focus on is what feels naturally really good. And uh, I'll tell you what, my routine definitely looks like (laughs) a wellness influencer uh, or like some kind of spiritual healer at this point, but that's taken a while to get to and really uh, know that it actually does feel really good. So First of all, my rising ritual starts at night. Um, I think going to bed in a really nice state of mind and just in a peaceful way leads into a really peaceful rising. So before I go to bed, I just make sure that my whole place is cleaned up so that I wake up to this, you know, really beautiful home that feels really good and light. So I make sure I do all the dishes before I go to bed. I make sure that I write out my to-do list for the next day, the night before. Um, I will set out my lemon and my water to have in the morning on a cutting board with a knife. So that's really easy to get to. I set up my coffee before I go to bed. So it's just like I can just turn it on. Because for me, I have notoriously had difficulty waking up at the same time every day. And I can certainly sleep until like 10, 11 a.m. very easily when I'm not really on it. So I have just been, you know, feeling into, okay, if there are days where I want to sleep in, that's okay. Um, But it has felt better for me to be on a routine. So um, 
I'm a projector and I know that a lot of my projector uh, buddies have also been known to be night owls. You know, I could stay up till 3 a.m. really easily doing God knows what, like pulling cards or writing um, or watching too much TikTok. So that's really where I decided I need I needed to have more of a uh, intentional rising because I was noticing that, you know, it's okay to stay up late for me if I'm being uh, productive or I'm into my practices or whatever, but, uh, then it becomes harmful if I'm like doom scrolling basically, or, or just what I mean by that is just like getting addicted to my phone and scrolling. So it's been helpful to like delete TikTok, uh, you know, once a day if I need to, because I really get sucked into TikTok sometimes. So I will, um, just like delete that off of my phone around noon. So I just look at it for like a half an hour a day if possible. Um, Okay. I, I told you I would go on tangents anyways. Okay. So I'll tell you what this morning looked like, for example, because this is usually how it looks. When I wake up, I immediately listen to my personal subconscious reprogramming, which is only two minutes long. It's recorded by myself in my voice notes, just with like affirmations that are bringing me closer to my financial goals, to be honest. Like Every kind of chapter, I focus on something new coming in. Right now, I am really focused on building prosperity and unblocking uh, self-limiting beliefs related to money. So every single morning, right when I wake up, because I'm in that liminal state between dreaming and waking, I will listen to that while I'm still kind of foggy. And then I will... Um, jump out of bed, five, four, three, two, one, and I'll put on my robe so that I'm nice and warm and cozy. And um, right now I literally have a sticky note for that I can cross off dates with like how often I get up at the same time every morning. So I'm making sure that I get up at 8 a.m. every morning. It really helps me to cross off the date uh, to say I did it because I need that like visual representation of like achievement. <laughs> <laughs> it also helps me to like do something first thing. So I don't stay in that groggy state. Just the act of like crossing something off gets my brain going and activated. And then I come out into the living room and I just sit in the sunlight for a few minutes. And I just wake up basically with the sunlight and bask in the sun for a moment, turn the heat on, just get cozy, turn the coffee on. Um, I certainly have lemon water before coffee now because I drink so much coffee and lemon water really helps us to um, alkaline the body and the system to offset the acidity that comes in with coffee. So that's really important to be having lemon water with the amount of coffee that I drink. And then I do my journaling. Um, and, you know, if this isn't happening right in the morning, I, I'll do my journaling at some point during the day. And I just love to write. So my journaling practice is just like what I'm grateful for, a few I am statements, and then future self-scripting. And future self-scripting is really beneficial for us to stay focused on what we're calling in. So every time I do a future self-scripting, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm moving toward. This is what feels really good. This is where I'm going. And then I will, I'll do my skincare routine and, um, I'll do a little gua sha if I'm feeling into it. I can always tell like when I'm taking like selfies or I'm like recording something, I can certainly tell when uh, I've gua sha it really makes a difference to, uh, to drain the face of like water and puffiness. So I do love that feeling and it's just a nice ritual to have. And then, um, you know, I, 
I am still navigating like being an avid reader, but I do like to pick up, you know, a book here and there and read a chapter. Um, I'm really into just lighthearted books right now. I am not interested in violence. I'm not interested in stories of betrayal, of hurt, of like war right now. I do. I'm very interested in like World War II stories. I think it's a fascinating, you know, part of our human history. And I love historical nonfiction, but I'm like keeping it light right now. So I have been reading this wonderful collection of like stories from a man's time in uh, Provence in France, which is it's just so funny. I found this book at a thrift shop the other day. I got like 40 books, I swear to God, from this thrift thrift store the other day to fill up my uh, my bookcase. And it's been so nice to have books to browse through and explore. So I'll read a bit of that book recently. And then I also have David White's book of essays nearby. And he is he's a writer that is prolific, in my opinion. He's one of the best writers I've ever come across. So I always recommend David White. Shout out to Hannah, who's been on the podcast for introducing me to him. Um, his writing brings me to tears every time I read him. So, um, and his essays are so deep that they definitely need to be read like a few times to really let it sink in. And every time you read one of his essays, you'll find and you'll glean a new meaning from that. So I'll do a little bit of reading there and, you know, just a gentle little stretch in there. And I will like say hello to my plants. I'll say hello to the home. I really think that homes hold their own energy and their essence. So kind of talk to the plants, talk to the house <laughs> and um, I'll just set an intention. I'll say, you know, kind of a prayer for the day ahead. I'll think of the clients that I'm going to see during the day, say a prayer for them, um, a prayer for all of our healing together. And, um, yeah. And that comes very naturally at this point. It's really not a checklist. I'm like, okay, what feels good? I want to write. I want to read a little bit. I want to stretch. I want to have my coffee next to the window. And sometimes I don't really do any of that. And sometimes I'm like so excited to work that I just get right into it. Um, and that's also okay. But um, yeah, definitely at least having a moment of stillness by the window in the sunlight is is an everyday thing for sure. Sorry, I have to sniffle. Okay. It's a rainy day here. <clears throat> Let's see. And then an addendum to that question was any more rituals like the honey ritual you mentioned in your September episode? Yes. So with rituals, you know, rituals like that, they're so deeply personal to us. And I've been working with a wonderful shaman who has been giving me rituals that are really specific to what I've been navigating in life. So I'm hesitant to share anything like too personal to that because it's a lot of ancestral work, a lot of um, work that's connecting me to the earth again um, to to heal some of the the traumas that happened in childhood, if you will. But um, I will say a ritual that we can take through with the honey practice is I've been pouring honey in my bath or in the shower bathing in honey because honey is such a magnet for life and for you know miracles and blessings and abundance to come in that when we bathe in honey, it's like those blessings are sticking to us. So what I'll do is I'll often pray over the water and I'll pour honey in there, set a very specific intention for the bath, and I'll soak in the honey and um, I'll light a candle and I'll put on, you know, a sound bath while I'm bathing. You can also do this in the shower because water really carries sound frequencies so beautifully. So that's just something you can consider there. And also, you know, 
part of being part of these rituals are really connecting with the natural elements, right? So as you walk through the park, for example, or as you find yourself in nature, hug a tree. Trees really can carry our denser emotions down into the earth and help us release that. And the trees are happy to do it and they can they can manage it beautifully. They just send it right down through the root system. And this is why a lot of the times, if you've been in a visualization with me, we'll visualize this as well um, in a very powerful practice. But give your, your pain, give your energy to the tree to allow the tree to alchemize and transmute it for you. Um, that's really beautiful. But, um, oh yes, this is what I wanted to say too. Connecting with our ancestors is really important. And something that Mark, who's my shaman was helping me understand is that the ancestral realm is, um, is actually different from the spirit realm. Ancestors also have this kind of timeline in which they, they may, they maintain their, uh, status as our ancestors and stay with us. And it might be through a few generations and then they pass into the spirit realm, but he, he said that our ancestors connect with our spirit guides, which are at a whole different level, basically. So, um, and not everybody makes it into the ancestral realm, essentially. Some some people that have experienced a lot of density that they didn't shed might end up in kind of the, you know, the kind of ghost realm, the entity realm, and they need to kind of continue to pass into that realm. So it's so interesting to learn about these different realms and how we navigate and get there. And this is why, you know, so many cultures have these cleansing rituals before their, their, you know, family member passes, they make sure that they prepare them um, energetically and get them ready to enter the ancestral realm so that they show up kind of in this pure spirit to, to be uh, initiated into that realm. Um, and it's something that Americans don't do. And it's so, you know, it's kind of sad. So, but the, the good part is that we, we seem to be remembering this and this is why we're having these kind of conversations. Right. Um, I remember when my grandfather B passed, I wasn't there for his passing, but my sister was, and like so many of our family members were around him at the very time of his passing. And they were playing flutes for him. They sang to him. They read poetry to him for two days leading up till his passing. Um, and then they wrapped him in a cloth and they covered him in wildflowers. And, oh, it makes me want to cry thinking about this. It was so beautiful. You know, it was so wonderful to see, um, and hear about this experience through them, um, to really honor him, you know, with so much grace to, to let him pass into the spirit realm like that. And, um, not to be afraid of death, but to honor it as this rite of passage and to be there with him and to hold his hand and to sing to him. Something I really, really love about my family is that we sing and we we use music as a way to connect with God and um, to each other. And that was really special. So I hope that we can all keep that in mind as we consider the passing of our family um, inevitably is like, how can we help them pass in a really graceful way, in a really beautiful way that honors their life and helps them get into the next realm with a lot of grace? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm a cancer. I will cry at the drop of a pin. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Hopefully that brought you some insight. Okay. One more thing about that. Um, and rituals. 
So what I really was getting at there is for women, especially, it's really helpful for us to get in touch and to really know who our grandmothers were. So let this be an invitation to research your grandmothers. What were they like? What were their names? Like as far back as you can find out, write down their names and create an altar where you you give them offerings, you invite them in, you connect with them. Our ancestors and our guides need an invitation to come in. So uh, maybe this is your sign to create an altar, to bring them in and um, to connect with them. Okay. Sorry, I'm so sniffly this morning. Okay. Mm, Tila's asking about just trusting the universe in general. Okay. I love the simplicity of this question. And um, it really had me thinking last night before I was going to bed, like, First, when I when I looked at this question, I was like thinking about all the things I've read and how we explain trusting the universe. And then I really was like, okay, Helen, what do you think? Beyond all the things you've read, what does your experience tell you about trusting the universe? How have you gotten to this place? And it got me into this questioning of what do we even think the universe is? What do I consider God's source to be? And I consider source to be love, essentially. And source, however, is is a creator. It creates darkness and lightness. And that's where we have a choice. Which one are we going to subscribe to? Which which are we going to lean into? We can either lean into darkness or we can lean into love. Um, and light casts a shadow, I always remember too. So there's always light and darkness living simultaneously beside each other. But when I think of my relationship with source and God, I find that it's a leaning into love. So when I'm practicing trust and I'm building faith in the universe, I remember to be in love, in love with life. I choose to look for that. I choose to actively look for the good in every circumstance, look for the learning opportunity, look for the growth and let that lead me into the next place. Popping in for a moment to chat with you about my mentorship offering. This is a private one-on-one seven-week series with me that is designed for the woman who is ready to change her life. It's for the woman who is ready to feel safe and grounded, clear on what she wants and exactly how to get there. The woman who feels confident in her power and able to express, release emotion and becomes optimistic about what's to come. And we really get you there. We help you to create a new paradigm using habit and routine formation. We explore the subconscious deeply. We activate your highest self and we lean into shadow and alchemize and release that stagnancy, any density that's built up there. Most importantly, we create a space of unconditional compassion, of safety for you to navigate the depths of your experience and to take a look at those triggers and what has been holding you back so that you can create a life that feels like heaven on earth. And I'm at a point now where I have seen such radical change in the women that have come through this container that I guarantee your life will change in a profound way. And to my pleasant surprise, I've actually been working with a lot of women who are budding coaches and mentors themselves. So that's been such a blessing and a pleasure to be be of service in that way. I have other women who are with me to simply work on their spiritual growth and dig deeper into who they are as a human being and a spirit having a physical experience. And I have some women who are just navigating big life changes who need support. So if this sounds like you, if this is feeling like this is your call forward to up level in your life and really blossom, especially, you know, in this new season that we find ourselves in, 
you can just go to my website, helendenham.com, and you will find that you can book a free 30-minute power session with me to get to know one another and determine if this is in alignment for you. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Back to the episode. Because when I look back on where life has felt really difficult or where it's felt hard um, and unbearable, it's been in a place of fear. It's been in a time where I have been subscribing to darkness, to fear, uh, telling myself life is hard, life sucks, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, and that's a reality that you can live in. Um, so for me, it's it's been um, a devotion to love is what brings me into my faith and into trusting the universe in a really deep way. Uh, because from experience, when I'm in the heart space, when I am leading with love, when I'm acting through love, I am connected with God and source as we all are and as we can all choose to be. And when I've been in that place, things have just worked out. It's just worked out. So it's this trust fall, right? And that comes with loving ourselves. Where can we make sure that we are deeply loving ourselves? Are we taking care of ourselves? Are we nourishing ourselves? Are we organized? Are we setting our lives up for peace and success and safety um, that will lead us closer to this essence of love? So there are some kind of you know, logical steps that we can take to get closer to that, to build that trust, which really comes down to taking care of ourselves in a very real way on a daily basis. That's where our rituals come in. That's where our practices come in to lead us back to the heart space. Because when we're in fear, we're oftentimes outside of the body. We are taking on other people's projections of us. We are not in our heart space or in our sovereignty. So coming back to love is my answer to that, because when you are in love, you can't go wrong. There's just, you're just going to exist in that state. So trusting that the universe is like looking back in hindsight too, noticing where things have changed, like taking inventory of how, how, how life has played out for you and what changes have occurred. And as you look back, noticing that there were no accidents, you were led here on purpose. And even if it didn't make sense in the past, it makes sense now, doesn't it? Um, like I, I always look back on my music career like this or modeling or anything like that. You know, I was so desperate to make all of that work. Um, you know, when I was in the entertainment industry and it felt like I was such a failure when I decided to kind of let that ease out. I was like, where's my discipline? Why am I not working harder for this? Like, and then I was like, well, I just don't like it that much. I don't like it enough to be doing it every single day. Um, and I have friends who live and breathe music and I love music, but on my own terms, you know, I make it when I feel creative, it's part of my practice when I'm really feeling into it, but I let go of the reins there and I let God take over in that. And I, I said, what am I supposed to be doing? Because I'm not happy here. I'm going to let you take the reins, God. And then I just started to get signals like, Hey, here's a coach I really resonate with. Um, oh my gosh, here's a book that really resonates with me. I'm getting excited about this stuff. Okay. Here's where I can lean more into energy work. And I just followed my excitement and my curiosity and I asked for help. And all of that has led me into being a mentor and to being a guide and, and just a support system for you all, because that's what truly lights me up. That's what feels like living in alignment and living in love. So ask for help ask for guidance and then watch what shows up and follow your resonance. 
So long-winded answer to that, but I think it really comes back down to living in love and letting that guide you and seeing what unfolds because you can't go wrong when you're in that state. Okay. Next one, how to deal with family members that you don't align with. Okay. So I don't necessarily believe that it's essential for us to keep strong relationships with our family in this lifetime. If they don't resonate with us, our families, our mothers offer us a portal into this world. And that is so beautiful. But I think about children that are adopted at birth, for example, or are brought into a different family uh, upon birth. Sometimes the mother is the sacred vessel to bring us into this life, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we stay with them long-term. Everybody is going to have a different soul blueprint as they come in. So the idea that we have to stay with our blood family, um, even if we don't resonate them because society tells us that we have to, even though we don't align with them, um, does not have to be the case. I, my only experience with this is, you know, struggles with my family members going through different growth patterns and learning how to accept our differences from time to time. But ultimately, knowing that we love each other and that we want to be together as a family in the long run has been important. And I was born into a family where we prioritize family. Um, so, I feel very blessed to have a very close connection with them. However, back to the original point there is like family will look different for all of us. So you can find family in community. You can find family in your friendships. So I think remembering to meet people where they are, because trying to explain your beliefs to somebody who doesn't align with that can be like talking to a wall. And our job is not to convince anybody of anything. It's just to exist in our truth. And if people are going to meet us in our truth and, uh, you know, resonate with us on that level, wonderful. Um, but I think it's been important when I've experienced differences and difficulty with my family um, or friends for that matter has just been to treat people with respect and understanding. And if something is really rubbing me the wrong way, or it feels like honestly a toxic energy to be around, I just pull back for a while. I'll just remove myself from the situation. And a reminder that when we are on a healing path, everybody around us gets part of that healing simultaneously as well. So as you heal, you'll find that your family will begin to heal. I, I think in many ways as well. And just let them go at their own pace, you know, and just protect your own energy. Um, this is also a, a really important thing to know is just noticing whose energy is attached to you that you do not want in your field. This is where using sage or Palo Santo to smoke out and cleanse your auric field and like auric brushing where you literally just brush off the energy uh, from your aura is really important for maintaining, you know, a, a clear channel. So I would just say greeting your family members that you don't align with, with patience, also with respect for differences in your beliefs, but also pulling back if you need to and letting that be okay. But um, along with that is just keeping a line of communication so that there's, there's no guessing about where everybody's at. Always leading with love 
you know, and if there's a, a particular, you know, I think the politics is a good example of this. I've seen so many families struggle with politics. You know, when Trump was elected, it was shocking, you know, what families were being split up over this that you would never expect. People were going in two different directions. But there can be topics that you avoid. Like if it brings, if the conversations are bringing you into disharmony and to, you know, more of the kind of like, guilt and hateful realms, like you don't have to go there. You can meet each other in a place that feels good and centered. You don't have to agree on everything, but it is important that we, you know, have a level of respect for each other's beliefs, even if we don't agree with them. And there can still be love found um, in, in those realms as well, if that makes sense. So yeah, I think just standing tall in your sovereignty, knowing what you need to feel safe, what you need to feel like you're leading a happy life and releasing what is not in alignment with that. And if that is a particular family member that's not aligning with that, that's okay. Um, I have had to do this with a couple, you know, friends, long-term friends that came in. Like there came a point where it was just like, this is more of a drain than anything else. I feel I feel bad around them. I feel gross. I feel like this negative, dense energy around this person. Time to let them go or just pull back. You know, you can love somebody from afar and they don't need to be in your field. And, you know, I do believe that relationships evolve and change over time. So I'm always opening to see where people change and expand into. But I think this is just a call forward to set healthy boundaries with the people in your life and also be rooted in love and understanding and keeping communication really open. So I wish I had even a better answer for that, but I feel um, very grateful that I have not had a huge split with a family member like that, but I can relate um, with friends that I've had to let go for sure. Okay. Ah, yes. Okay. Business. Let's talk about business. First of all, how do you attract clients to your business? And then somebody else asked, you know, how mentorship helps where you are with your money relationship. Okay. So those two can kind of intermingle. Okay. How do you attract clients to your business? Let me tell you, I started to market my mentorship offering probably like a year and a half ago. I remember in a newsletter in like a self-care Sunday, I offered like free sessions because I just wanted to get practice with people. And I did not get a single bite. <laughs> and you know why? Because I didn't feel confident that I could actually pull it off. I felt scared. Um, I didn't feel in my power. I didn't really know what I was going to be teaching or what I was going to be guiding them through. I uh, I still had some learning to, to go through. And then finally, I remember I got my first client. Um you know, and that was because I all of a sudden had stepped into my bravery and my courage, and I really wasn't allowing myself to be seen. I was like, I'm doing this. I'm not just going to be kind of sending out little emails, like kind of hiding in the shadows, like you can work with me if you want to, or like, I'm not sure about this because the energy I was giving off at first was like, I'm not sure. I'm like in test mode. That was the energy I was giving off. So I really, my confidence built when I took ownership of where I was going. Um, I was like, I'm doing this. I am owning this. I'm a mentor and I'm going to own this. I had gone through trainings. I had hired my own coaches and mentors and I was ready. So I was really ready to let myself be seen. I knew I could do it. I knew I could handle it. And I just allowed myself to be seen. 
And so I think this comes down to being comfortable selling and really believing in what you're selling, knowing that you can change people's lives. And I knew I could do it because I had been practicing on friends and family. I'd had, you know, some people allow me to work on them and with them and I was ready to offer it. So I think first of all, it was getting that practice in getting the trainings that you feel like are really going to make you feel confident in your offer, knowing exactly what you're selling, being consistent with it. And so letting yourself be seen, I think that's what it comes down to. And then once I got my first client, I got this huge surge of confidence. She was gaining so much from the series that I was like, oh my God, I can do this. And it's easy. It's, you know, it feels so good. And there are really tangible changes happening with this beautiful soul. And, you know, we ended up working together, you know, again and again. So I knew it was helping her. It really boosted my confidence. So sometimes it takes just that first opening that first client to be like, okay, I got this. You got, you know, your, your training wheels come off. And then once I booked her in it, it, it's like the gates opened. It was like, it was a big signal and a flare up to the universe. That was like, this is, I love doing this. I'm capable of doing it and let's freaking go, bro. <laughs> so from there it was, um, it was like a magnet for more women to come in. And then, um, on a more logical level there, once I got some testimonials from her and people were starting to give me really good feedback, um, I was able to share those testimonials and that really built trust. So that's really what it is too. I think people trust me now because I have been so consistent with my messaging for at least a year. Um, you see me I make an effort in every single story that I post or every, you know, post that I share to my feed, it's centered in healing. It's centered in self-mastery. So you're not really going to see me posting something like that's about fashion or like skincare or like other things that I might be interested in or, you know, but it's not on brand. It's like, I really consider my, um, online community to be that, to be community for us to talk about healing to be, you know, introspective, to share my thoughts on self-mastery and to keep learning alongside you all. And I think that has built a real sense of kinship between a lot of us and trust. Uh, people need to feel like they can trust me to hold them in a safe environment to come in and work with me. Because first of all, it's a big investment to invest in yourself and a mentor and so they need to know that I'm really going to show up for them. And I show them that because I'm consistent. I'm constantly, you know, showing up with the same message. Um, I'm able to show reviews, um, sending out a newsletter, posting these podcasts on a consistent basis. Consistency is key is what I'm getting at because consistency builds trust as well. Probably most importantly. So being consistent, allowing yourself to be seen, knowing exactly what you're selling and, you know, kind of getting your branding on point it is all part of the package. So when you think about, you know, what am I selling? What am I inviting other people into experience? Getting really clear on that is really important. So that's why the, I help blank to do blank is a, is a good, good thing to think about as you're building out your business. I help who are you? Who exactly are you helping? For me, it's I help women to create lives that feel like heaven on earth. And I have tools that I bring them through to get there. So think about what tools you have in your tool belt that you are offering your community and your ideal clients and really hone in on your I help 
statement. Like I help who to do what, uh, getting really clear on that. And that is a journey. It's I'm still working on that statement till this day. Um, and it's a process, but this is why business is such an exciting journey because it's just always unfolding. Okay. And then, um, how mentorship helps us all of that. Okay. The best investments I have ever made have been in mentors. Um, whether it was Natalia Benson, I took her course on how to create an online course. I always sign up for like free masterclasses coming out of people that I admire. Um, when I hired Tay, who was my first business coach, I had my first $10,000 month. The investment I made into her program was just above $3,000 and she helped me develop funnels. She helped me get my strategy down. She helped me to create a really great like lead magnet. Um, and she really helped me solidify, you know, and ground my energy into like, yes, I am doing this. This is, this is for real. So mentorship, first of all, is a declaration to the universe that you take yourself seriously and that you're ready to grow. And also like we, there's always something to learn from the person who is a step ahead of us. Right. So it's really important that we're in the same room as the people that we ultimately want to kind of embody like the same values and the same qualities and the same level of success, like get in the same room as those people. And Tay, my first business coach was that for me. And I had seen her coach other people that I really admired as well. So I was like, all right, success leaves clues. I'm following those clues. I'm following those breadcrumbs. And it was worth every penny just to sign up and get, you know, a few things out of the way. So now my business is very much automated. Um, a lot of that busy work has been cut out because of, uh, Tay's lessons really in automating, creating funnels, all of that. So a good mentor, you can't even like put a price on. It helps build confidence. It helps you really get honest feedback. And you don't even like you, we all have these like ceilings that we get this opportunity to break through, but like alone, how, how are we going to break through those? We need help. We need either books or podcasts or teachers to help us get through that. And to have someone actually hold your hand to help you break through those glass ceilings you've created for yourself, like is so essential. So I have just hired my next business coach now that who I'll be starting with in uh, January, February time. So in like a month and a half from now. Um, and I invested a lot of money into her, but she, she represents where I desire to go. And it's also, again, it's another big signal. Like I'm ready to get here, but the way that I've set my business up, um, really only allows me to be reaching like 10 to $15,000 months just because of the way my business is set up. So usually I have about six mentorship clients at a time, eight if I really want to, but that, that really turns into kind of like a nine to five deal for me, which I really don't um, desire. I really essentially want to be working like three days a week, taking two mentor mentorship clients a day. And then Thursdays doing my podcast Fridays doing like admin and clarity calls. But like, if I want to scale my business, if I really want to be a millionaire or, you know, at least be making the upper six figures, multiple six figures in the next few years, 
I need to scale my business so that it's creating passive income. So that's what I've really hired Marley to help me with uh, because I've kind of capped out right now on how much I can truly be earning um, at this rate. So I can easily be making $10,000 a month now with my mentorship business, but to get to like the 20,000 to the 30,000, $50,000 months, I'm going to need to scale and I need help with that. So that's why I've hired her to help me with that because I'm ready to scale. I'm excited to scale. And one of the most exciting and rewarding, you know, self-limiting beliefs to shed is that I have to have a big audience to, uh, to bring in clients. It's so relieving to see that community and even a small community can completely support your business. You don't need to have 10,000 followers. Like I've seen plenty of people with 20,000 followers, hundred thousand followers that don't have a single client. It's about being really organized, being consistent, being an expert in your field, building trust with your community, keeping an open channel with, with, with your community, showing them that you care about them genuinely and keeping that flow going. And you could have hundred followers, but if you've got a strong community, you've got your ideal clients there. So also really tuning into what does your community need, keeping that open dialogue going so that you're constantly tuned into like, what does your community need right now? What are we all struggling with and how can you, you know, learn how to help them and help them navigate through the difficulty that they're experiencing. So I hope that that helps. Um, right now where I am is scaling. I will literally always be investing in a, in a coach or a mentor for real. If I want to keep growing, I know that I'm going to need to be a student for life. So there are going to be some months for sure where I, I don't have somebody, but I'm always looking toward the next one or planning for the next one, or I've signed up for a class or something that's going to get me to the next level. And I know that that's not accessible for all of us. And I was, I was not there. Like, a while ago, but I, um, I remember when I paid Tay, my first business coach, $3,000, I didn't have that in cash. I put that on my credit card. So I am not encouraging you guys to do this, but, um, that was like, okay, I'm going to invest in this. And I made that money back like five times back within three months of hiring her because she really helped me get systems in place. So it was worth it for me to put a few grand on a credit card to pay off later because I needed to get to that next level. I just had to. So that worked for me. Um, maybe for you, like that's really not great financial advice. Okay. But you could, you know, create up a savings account, you know, that's just for your investment into mentorship. Um, maybe that will help as well. My relationship with money now is, um, is interesting. I still have some debt that I'm paying off. So that has been something that I'm navigating and getting myself into these systems where I'm making sure that I pay that down. Cause I don't want, I really don't want any debt. Um, and this is just kind of leftover debt from life in general. And, so my first priority is to pay off debt, but at the same time, I'm also making sure that I'm investing into my Roth and I'm saving up for travel. So we can be paying down debt and investing and saving at the same time. So, um, I've got money in, you know, kind of different places and yeah. Okay. So what do I want to say about my relationship with money? I am definitely growing faster than ever before. I'm making more money than I've ever made before on my own with my own business, which is really exciting. So now it's about, okay, so the money's coming in. How am I managing it? And it's really interesting to look at attachment styles as it relates to money because our relationships um, with love, with community often are mirrored in our uh, our finances as well. So 
one of the patterns I noticed that was coming in was like, okay, as soon as money comes in, I like tend to spend it originally. So that's what I've been healing in the past few months is okay. Feeling safe with money as it comes in, loving money and saying, thank you, feeling a sense of gratitude. Every time a deposit comes in, just sitting with it, letting myself see that number in my bank account and really feeling safe with that. And then really um, allocating that money appropriately. So some goes toward paying off debt, some goes toward investing, some goes into travel, some goes into my next mentorship program um, and investing in my own business and making my own business better. So that also comes down to organization. So I have a spreadsheet where I track all of my income and outgoing. And um, part of that has to do with manifestation practices. So if I have a goal to make $15,000 a month, for example, that is my, I'll put that into my, you know, attraction, attraction box in my spreadsheet. I'll say I'm attracting this month, um, you know, $15,000 and I'll put in everything that comes in and, I have also been working with the goddess Lakshmi for money to uh, to boost my opening in that portal to allow more abundance and more prosperity to come in. So it's number one, getting really organized in your spreadsheets, putting in your manifestation work into your spreadsheets. And number two, mixing in the spirituality with that, um, raising my self-worth uh, to feel safe with money, to know that I deserve money. Working with Lakshmi has been really cool too, to do chanting and mantras to her um, as an act of devotion has been something I'm, I've newly implemented, which has been really exciting. And then finally, I always have like my like business vision board in the corner here. And that vision board is just sticky notes. Basically, I'm looking at it right now. It's six sticky notes. And um, I've got my financial goal for the next three months at the top of the, it's a whiteboard with sticky notes on it. So I really only set goals within a three month time span, because if we set goals like any farther than that, like even bring it down to like one month kind of goal, it can be overwhelming. So really knowing how to goal set is really helpful. So I've got, you know, six things that will bring me closer to that goal in the next three months that are very practical. So that's like my ideal number of clients a week. That is my ideal number of people in my full moon circle every month. That is, you know, my spending habits being managed wisely. What else is on there? Oh, hiring my next business coach is on there. Did that. Yes. Um, it's like subconscious reprogramming. So I've got, I, I need to look at that, you know, to reaffirm, like, this is where we're going, like getting clear and focused is also really important. So hopefully that is helpful. Yeah. Organization is also really important. Natalia Benson is a great person to follow as well. She talks a lot about organizing money, making money feel safe with you, having different accounts to manage your money and yeah. So I have found that the more organized I get with money and the more organized I get with my clients and just taking notes on everything, the more money is able to flow to me because it has channels to move through, which is great. Yeah. And I feel like it's important to be transparent with you guys about like, I do have a little debt still and I'm excited for the episode where I come on and I tell you my, I have zero debt. <laughs> I've completely paid off my car. I've completely paid off loans, all of that. And um, I'm really excited for that day. And I think it's important that I share this with you because we're growing together, right? I mean, when I started this podcast, I was like, oh my God, making like a third of what I'm making now. So how wonderful is it that we get to, to grow together and I get to share this with you through experience? Okay. 
final questions here. What do you think uh, the most interesting trend of 2022 is? Okay. Oh, I love this. There is a lot going on that I just absolutely love witnessing. First of all, body positivity and accepting our bodies, especially as women has been so wonderful to watch. I was just talking about this on my story. I weighed myself um, over the last week for the first time in like a year. And I noticed that I had gained a solid 10 pounds. And <laughs> it was like funny. Cause I've been noticing like my jeans have been a little tight and I'm like, okay, um, I need to do like a little weight check-in and, um, either I'm going to buy a new wardrobe or, um, I'm going to fit into these jeans again. And it was such a relief to like, look at the scale and know that in the society that exists right now, like I could allow myself to, to be at this weight and to gain more weight and it would be okay. And, um, I just really loved that. It wasn't this pressure that came through like, oh my God, I hate myself and I'm going to have to lose all this weight. Cancel clear delete. No, it was like, all right, you have a choice. Like, and they're both great choices. Either you can get fit. You can drop a few pounds here. You can pay attention to nutrition or you can stay at the same weight and you just buy new jeans. And I just love that our society right now is really catering toward, um, you know, our authenticity and where we feel good in our body. We don't need to be stick thin anymore. I really don't feel that pressure anymore. And I hope that you guys feel the same. I just know where my, um, like happiness place is and it's at a certain measurement. And that's where I feel like my joints feel really good. My brain is sharp. Um, I feel like I look my best at that weight. So yeah, I'm going to be doing a little more working out and uh, healthier eating uh, because I've completely gone off the rails there. But I love that our society is encouraging us um, to lean into our to our beauty and feel comfortable in our skin more. Um, secondly, I've just noticed like a lot of people migrating away from cities, which is something I talked about in my last episode as well, um, my solo pod, um, getting closer to nature. By the way, it's Indigenous Heritage Month. It's Native American Heritage Month. So I also noticed this return to nature and this honoring of the land in um, agriculture. And even I'm seeing it come in in politics. On the main ballot this year, there was um, an addendum to to add in an honoring of the land that we are on. So that was really beautiful to actually vote into bringing a new language to our politics that honor um honor the native americans that were here before us. So I think that there it's becoming very obvious as we face climate change and we face a planet that is changing a lot that indigenous wisdom and returning to the land and returning to a natural way of living is going to be at the forefront of the healing for our planet and for our people. So I think that's becoming very obvious. I'm seeing this show up in documentaries and writing and um you know, in the rise of, of people coming up in the entertainment world as well. So it's exciting to witness what else is coming in, in 2022. I just think return to nature, natural beauties, returning, um, returning to being closer to land and an open sky. And sorry, there's a siren going on in the background. I hope you can hear that. Um, yeah. So that's been really interesting to witness. Okay. I love this, Michelle, a person from the past or present you'd love to meet. And what question would you ask? Oh, I didn't even think about this before hopping on. This is such a good question. Oh, I'd like to meet Jesus. I would like to meet Jesus. <laughs> uh, any kind of ascended master, I would be uh, fascinated to meet Jesus or like Cleopatra or 
um, anybody from ancient Egypt, uh, just to get into that energetic space with them. Like what's going on in their spirit, in their mind that is helping them move beyond, you know, the human realm of suffering. Essentially, I would love to meet with any kind of ascended master from the past. What would I ask them? I would just ask them, you know, like what their relationship to spirit is, to source is, what that feels like and how that shows up in a very real way. I think that would be fascinating to talk with some of our ascended masters. Yeah. Maybe that was a boring question or a boring answer. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that one. Okay, my darlings, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that this was helpful for you. I hope that this was um, uplifting or gave you some, some tools to implement for your life today and in the coming weeks. And um, have a beautiful time with your family if you're celebrating Thanksgiving with your family or your friends or on your own. I hope that it's um, just a month filled with more blessings for you and you know, I encourage us at the dinner table, if we are celebrating Thanksgiving, to honor the land that we're on, to honor our indigenous brothers and sisters, and to just bring attention to that uh, and to open up that conversation with, with the people that we're around as well. Really important. Okay. I love you all so much, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. And as always, everything mentioned is linked in the description below. And final note on my end is that I'm running full moon circles every month, which is so exciting. It's the perfect opportunity for us to come together as sisters and community as we navigate the different cosmic energies at play. So I'll take us through an oracle card reading, we'll do journal prompts together and then I'll take you through a guided hypno journey which is like a beautiful visualization journey for about 30 minutes so come in your comfy clothes light a candle bring your journal and just get ready to have a really nice time together um, I'll leave the link in the description below for the next one and if you have any questions or just want to chat and get in touch I'm on Instagram at Helen Denham underscore and at the lifted podcast Okay, thank you so much for being here and I will talk to you on the next one. Bye for now.